Welcome. Good morning. Whether you are joining us online or here in the sanctuary, welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. I am John, and my pronouns are he, him, and it, is an, and it is a pleasure to share this time with you today. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for tr truth, meaning, and beauty. Now let me introduce you to our minister and values uh, Minister and Values Mission, Reverend Chris Jimerson. Thank you, John. I'm Reverend Chris Jimerson. As he said, I am Minister for Mission and Values here at the church, and I also welcome each of you. As you might have surmised, we're doing something a little bit different this morning. Last week, we had our summer UU Chalice Camp, so our children who participated in the camp and some of our youth who were their counselors are going to be talking with us this morning about some of what they learned regarding our UU history, our history of covenant, and some of our theology. So we welcome all of you to our service today. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. And it's in that tradition that I invite you to greet the holy among us this morning, either by turning to those around you here in the sanctuary or by saying hello in the comments if you're online. Good morning. I'm Kelly Stokes. I'm the director of Lifespan Religious Education, but this week I'm the summer camp director. So next, our, our um, campers are going to sing to you the words that we use for lighting our chalice, and we have a special hand movement. So if you're ever somewhere where you don't have a chalice, you know you can always use your hands. to worship comes from Antone D. St. Exupery, generation to generation. In a house which becomes a home, one hands down and another takes up the heritage of mind and heart, laughter and tears, musings and deeds. Love, like a carefully loaded ship, crosses the gulf between the generations. Therefore, we do not neglect the ceremonies of our passage when we wed, when we die, and when we are blessed with a child. When we depart and when we return, when we plant and when we harvest. Let us bring up our children. It is not the place of some official to hand to them their heritage. If others impart to our children our knowledge and ideals, they will lose all of us that is wordless and full of wonder. Let us build memories in our children, lest they drag out joyless lives, lest they allow treasures to be lost because they have not been given the keys. We live not by things, but by the meanings of things. It is needful to transmit the passwords from generation to generation. One of the things that binds First UU together as a religious community is that we have a mission. The congregation wrote it together and put it on the wall, and we say it together every Sunday. Let's say it together now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the community. Thank you.
Today, this week, we talked about how it was a blessing that each of us was born. This book today is called The Everything Seed, A Story of Beginnings by Carol Martignaco, illustrated by Joy Troyer. Have you ever watched a seed grow? Have you ever noticed how it begins so small, so still, so quiet, like a gift waiting to be opened? And how slowly it wakes up, begins to unfold, growing into something larger and larger and larger? Then you know that whatever comes from a seed usually ends up looking very little like the seed that it came from, which is also true of the very first seed. Once, long ago, way back before the beginning, so long ago there was no such thing as time because there was no one there to count it. Everywhere was a huge, deep, mysterious place, like something waiting to happen. There were no stars, no sun or moon. There was no place like Earth, not a drop of water or a single tree or flower and no living beings anywhere. But in that deep waiting space was hidden the tiniest point of something no bigger than a seed. It was not a flower seed. It was not a tree seed. It was not a seed of corn although all those things were included in the seed. You might call it an everything seed, because that is what it became. No one knows where that first seed came from, or how it was planted, or how it knew, in the way that only seeds seem to know, how long to wait for just the right moment to sprout and grow. But all at once, this tiny seed, cradled and nourished in the rich soil of space, woke up, broke open, and began to unfold. Unfolding? Unfolding? And blossoming forth into an enormous, blazing ball of bright light, like a great grandmother, son. And the universe was born. Out fluttered the galaxies like a storm of snowflakes swirling and gathering into the brightest, most blindingly beautiful cloud of stars. And out of those star clouds whirled our very own star, the one we call the sun, and our earth and the moon and all the round-spinning planets we have learned how to name. And this is the secret of the tiny seed. You, and you, and you, and you, and you, and I were there in the very beginning. Just as the idea for each leaf on a big oak tree lies hidden inside an acorn. We were all there with all the stars and planets, all the rocks and oceans, plants and animals and people. Everything that is now, ever was, or ever will be, was inside that first tiny seed. 
So whenever you hold a seed in your hand and you wonder what it could become, imagine how you and all that is here once came from the tiniest speck of an everything seed before it sprouted and grew long, long ago in the way back beginning of time. Now, if this were an ordinary story, it would end right here. But this story of the universe keeps unfolding. What once began in a blazing blossom of light continues every day. New stars sprout open in the deep soil of space. New plants and animals appear on the earth. Seeds of many kinds are scattered everywhere to help us remember. And new people are born every day with the spark of that first light still alive and burning deep inside, waiting, like the everything seed, to shine in ways that are yet to be known. These theological statements we explored during camp this week, written by creators of Chalice Camp Curriculum, reserved Sherry Prude Home and, and Layla Ibrahim. It's a blessing each one of us was born. It matters what we do with our lives. What each of us knows about God is a piece of the truth. We don't have to do it alone. I invite you to join me now in a spirit of prayer or meditation. And in that spirit, to concentrate upon our breathing. To breathe in, breathe out. follow our breath to a deeper place inside, that place of greater wisdom, that place of undying gratitude for the cycle of life, generation upon generation upon generation. that place where that everything seed dwells within us, that spark of the divine, that everlasting light. And breathing together, we enter into a time of sacred silence together remembering that the sounds of small children and other human sounds are a part of that sacred silence in this congregation. Breathing in, breathing out, let us now enter into that silence together. I invite you now to light candles of sorrow, joy, remembrance, hope, and when our music concludes,
to maintain the meditative silence.
I would like to invite our campers and our counselors to come up who will be narrating for us a play that they've been putting together for us that will give us a little bit of our Unitarian Universalist history. That will be followed by Arwen Heilrain, who will talk to us. She'll offer a bridging homily about bridging from UU youth to UU young adult and what it's like to be crossing that bridge. The word Unitarian means one God. The uni part means one, like the uni and unicycle, and universe. The Tarian part means one who believes or lives as. Believe it or not, but when the word Unitarian was first used, it was an insult. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about our ancestors and the beginning of Unitarianism in the United States. A long time ago, almost 400 years ago in 1620, there lived a group of people in England who formed ideas about God and religion that were different from the natural religion, the Church of England. They were so unhappy with the Church of England that they decided to leave, so those people waved goodbye to England, got on a smelly ship for most of them, got sick. and traveled across the wide ocean until they came to a new land. Where here? So they could be free to practice religion as they saw fit, regardless of the consequences to the native people already living on this land. Not <laughs> We call English settlers Puritans or pilgrims. They built themselves homes. And they built themselves churches. Build, build, build. And they struggled to make a new life for, their, uh, for themselves in a, a, a new land. Those people had babies. And others grew older and died. And then more, and then they had more babies. And then more people died. <laughs> and then more people were born until a few generations and 200 years passed to early 1800s. Now all these people, the great, 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 great grandchildren of the pilgrims, <laughs> do not have the same ideas about God and religion anymore. In fact, they started to fight with one another about the nature of God and its church. They all go to the same church, but they don't agree about what the church said. One group, the Calvinists, believe that all people are born sinful and that they are more likely to do bad things than good things. The Calvinists believed God has already decided who will go to heaven and who will go to hell, and we don't have much choice in the matter. God has the Calvinists taught their children God is divided into three parts, like a st stool with three legs, the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. God is a trinity. 
The other group, the Unitarians, believe that all children are born innocent and good with the capability to choose good actions or evil actions as they live their life. The Unitarians thought that what we do in this life matters for what will come after. It matters what we do. The Unitarians taught that the Bible tells us that God is one, and Jesus is not God, but rather a wise teacher. They argued back and forth for years and years. People are born bad. People are born good. God has to decide it. It matters what we do. God is a tree. God is a unity. Unitarians. Unitarians. <laughs> Until they decided to become two separate churches. A famous minister, Reverend William Early Channing, preached a sermon called On Unitarian Christianity. After that day, they separated. Some churches stayed Orthodox Christian or Calvinists, and others became liberal Christian. And that is the story of how we got our name and a part of what our ancestors believed. Now you know more about what it means to be a Unitarian. There's more to our religion than those three ideas. But now you know more about our religious history. Now we will learn about the universalism and how it came to the United States. The word universalist comes from the idea of universal salvation, which is a fancy way of saying that no one goes to hell. <laughs> Again, we go back in time to the 1750s. A young man, John Mary, <laughs> uh, Mary uh, is living in England and is walking in a crowd when he comes upon street ministers. You are the Calvinist minister, and you are the Unitarian minister. If you do not repent, you will go to hell where you will burn forever. If you want to go to heaven, you must be one of the elect, one of the people chosen by God to go to heaven and do as the Lord decrees. You must give up your evil ways and repent. You cannot know if you are one of the chosen to go to heaven. Only a few are chosen. Most will burn in hell for all of eternity. God is judging. God is loving. 
If you do not repent for your evil way, you will burn in hell for eternity. Only some are chosen by God to be saved. All are saved. No one is beyond the bounds of God's love. John Murray became a universalist and preached the good news of universalism on occasion. At the same time, John Murray was preparing to come to America. Across the sea in New Jersey, a farmer called Thomas Potter was building a meeting house. Hammer, hammer, hammer. Hammer, hammer, hammer. Thomas Potter waited for more than 10 years for someone to come preach the good news of universal salvation before Zon Murray Sip became stranded on a sandbar in Good Luck, New Jersey, near Thomas Potter's field. Thomas Potter convinced Zon Murray to preach the Good news of universalism, of universalism if the winds had not taken him away by Sunday. The winds did not change, and the first universal sermon was preached in North America. Brothers and sisters, you need not fear eternal damnation. You need not fear the flames of hell. Hey, y'all. My name is Arwen Heilrain. I'm 18, and I just graduated high school. Thank you. When I was a little kid... So many things were black and white. I loved the bagels at church, but I hated waking up early. I loved pineapple, but I hated hot tamales. I loved climbing trees, but I hated cleaning my room. There was no space for a gray area. For me, a lot of growing up has been learning to see the good and the bad, the pros and the cons in everything, the things that I love and the things that I hate. This past Monday, I got back from a trip to Ecuador to visit my grandma. I had been traveling my whole life. I took my first international flight before I turned one. I love planes. I love the little pretzels. I love the sound of the engines. I love the excited feeling in my stomach of traveling somewhere new and exciting, or the gentle feeling of safety, of coming back to Texas, to where I've lived my whole life, to my home. My favorite part about planes is when I'm just high enough that I can look over the ground all the way to the horizon, but not so high that the clouds block my view. 
I love when I'm flying at night and I can see the whole city laid out under me in twinkling lights. And I especially love flying over the countryside of Texas. The farms and the hillsides and giant warehouses look like a patchwork blanket to me, stitched together with highways. Some patches have a random corner cut off of them. Some are dusty and look abandoned. Sometimes there's a random tiny town made up of its own patches and city blocks. And some patches are deep forest that seem to defy everything by existing all alone in the swaths of heat and dust. And the highways are sometimes entirely empty and sometimes buzzing with the traffic of long-haul truckers, a teenager on their first solo road trip, maybe a brother going to visit his sibling for the first time in years, a best friend going to an unexpected funeral, and so many people on so many adventures that I will never know about. But looking down from the airplane, it is all so beautiful. I love this view of Texas. I've never lived anywhere else, but staying here has been something I've had to fight for. I've spent afternoons on the Capitol steps, screaming till I'm hoarse because a little girl in one of my communities was shot and killed. And I've spent days on end sitting inside, surrounded by people from this church and from UUs across the state, quietly listening and just being visible because the very existence of people like me is controversial. The politicians there do not believe that youth should have the ability to explore their gender identities. There was a picture of me posted on the cover of The Statesman as I quietly cried in the gallery as they passed SB 14, the law that bans gender-affirming care for youth in Texas. Because sometimes quiet visibility, surrounded by people of my faith, is all that I have to offer the world. I've come to terms with my mom's and little sister leaving the country, and I've applied to out-of-state colleges just to make sure I know I have that option. I've sat in the heat and chiggers of U-Bar-U with a 10-year-old non-binary kid asking me why their best friend had to leave. Working with the kids there gives me hope for the future. And I've taken yearly pictures on the blue bonnets on the side of the highway. I've struggled with my faith, and I've attended all three UU churches in the Austin area because connection with like-minded people keeps me sane. I've watched the Zilker musical every summer with sweat dripping down my face, and I've left class to dance in a surprise thunderstorm. This place has shaped me in every way. It has taught me how to be strong and fight for my rights, and it has taught me how to be soft as I watch the hummingbirds at sunset. Staying in Texas has not always been easy. There are vast, dusty patches of it where I'm afraid to walk alone at night. There are highways that I've driven dozens of times, but still love watching the horizon as I go down them. There are tiny towns that I know like the back of my hand, but I still feel like an outsider when I'm there. And there are UU churches in tiny towns like Kerrville that seem to defy everything just by existing. This place is so complicated, and I don't think I entirely understand it yet. But then on Monday, as I was flying home, sitting on the airplane by myself, looking down at the vastness of this place, I could not have been more happy to call this patchwork state my home, every single square included. This church, you bar you, and this faith has been so instrumental in that for me. It has been a safe place to come back to when I'm tired and need to regenerate and has been a never-ending source of energy 
and people to fight alongside me. It has helped me grow into the person that I am now. Now, it is no longer necessary for me to understand or like every part of a person or a place for me to love it, as long as the overall picture is something that brings me a feeling of gentle safety. Thank you. That play reminded me that Unitarian and Universalist minister before we merged, Thomas Starr King, said the difference between the two is that the Universalists thought that God was too good to damn them and the Unitarians thought they were too good to be damned by God. <laughs> Please say with me the words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish his flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.